God is good, isn't he? He's, he's good all the time and all the time he is good. My God is good, right? Yeah, man. So, uh, dude, I, I love Sunday mornings. Can you tell? I love Sunday mornings. Uh, the presence of God is here and, and you guys are here. And, and the word says that when we are gathered together, guess who else is here? Jesus Christ, amen? Jesus is with us, praise the Lord. So if you got a Bible, go to the Old Testament book of Psalms this morning, all right? Psalms, <laughs> Psalms 34, all right? But be, as you're turning there, I want us to pray, um, I, I want to pray specifically this morning for Israel. I want us to pray for Israel this morning. And also, uh, our sister Beatrice came up to me this morning, and she's requesting prayer for her brother over in Ghana, uh, Africa. And um, God knows the situation, God knows the circumstance, and, and she said uh, we, she needs prayer right away. So can we just do that this morning? God, we just, uh, as my sister standing, Lord, we just lay, reach our hands out to her right now and, and pray for her brother, God, over in Ghana. Lord, you know the circumstance, you know what's happening, you know what's going on in his life, and so we just pray that you would hold him in your hand and you would bless him, God, and help him and heal him and protect him and just have your way and do your work in his life, Lord. Help Beatrice, God. Comfort her heart, God. Give her your peace right now, Lord, knowing that you, as she testified, you are in control and she's going to worship you and she's going to praise you. I thank you for, my, my sister is a, a worshiper, Lord, and, and I thank you for her heart, God, and thank you for your sovereignty, Lord, in this matter. And God, we pray for the nation of Israel this morning. God, we pray for your blessing upon them. We pray for your protection upon them. Lord, we pray, just bless your people, God. Give those that are, are governing wisdom, Lord, and just help them in this time. Help those family members. We just lift them up in prayer this morning, as many churches are doing, and pray, God, that you would just move in them uh, this morning and this week. In Jesus' name, what do we say? Amen? Amen? All right, good. So let's get to the Word of God. Five of you are ready for the Word of God. All right. Um, so as our text this morning, so we're only going to have one verse of, of, of text this morning, okay? But this one verse is going to be the theme verse, and it's going to frame our new series that I'm starting today. Yay, new series! And, and if you grab the Creek Bulletin, I'm sure you can guess what the name of the series is. If you notice the graphic on the front, hello, my name is God. Hello, my name is Hello, my name is, any fan? Yeah. The Lord God. Okay, um, but that's all right. Get used to singing that. We may sing it every Sunday, okay? Um, so what's going to go? We're, we're going to take some time dis discovering and unpacking the various descriptive names of God that has been revealed to us in his word in the Bible, okay? I've, I've never spoken a sermon series regarding the names of God, so I'm very, very excited about this. I taught, <laughs> way back in the day, I taught them when I was a student pastor to a, a bunch of senior high students um, on a Sunday morning, like kind of like a Sunday school class, and they were just like, blink, 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 it was early for them. So I'm, ex I'm excited to, to, to teach and preach the names of God to all of you adults and everyone, okay? And, and you might think this morning, well, why, why this series? You know, why, why spend time on this topic? Around Easter of season of this year, uh, Will and Tiffany Fader, um, 
There's Tiffany and there's Will back there in the media, but he's our, our tech director. They lead a life group and they, they did a Seder meal, okay? And, you know, a lot of people came over to their house and took part uh, of the Seder meal at their house, you know, going through the, the passion of Christ, okay? And, and Will, he had a book and he would read various aspects of the Seder meal, the different stages of the Seder meal. And, and everyone around the table, it was packed. It was quite warm that, that night, you know what I mean? Um, just like it was in the New Testament time, all right, I think so. Um, but then everybody would take part of that Seder meal as Will read and led through that. Well, at one point, in one stage, there was a prayer offered, and those in attendance were to repeat the prayer. And one of the names of God, Adonai, was mentioned often in that prayer. And somebody, and I don't know who it was, that's okay, uh, but somebody humbly asked, and, and it was really a great question, what does Adonai mean? What does Adonai mean? And I, I sat there and noticed, not to throw shade on anybody that was there, okay, but no one really knew the answer to that question, so I just sat there sitting at the table thinking, hmm, you know, perhaps a series on the names of God would be good and in, in order, you know? And so God kind of birthed this series in my heart around the Easter series, and in, and in doing this series, or Easter season, in, in doing this series, there's going to be four objectives that, that I, I pray that, that we'll hit, and I'll talk about those in a second, but first let's read the foundational text that I want us to use for the entire series. It's going to be the underlying text for it. It's Psalm 34, verse 3, one text, and we'll talk about it here in a second, but the psalmist writes, O magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. So repeat that with me if we will, the word of the God, the word of the Lord this morning. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. All right. So William Shakespeare, how many of you know him? Did somebody yawn? I heard somebody yawn over here. I was like, wow, okay. Oh, uh, yeah. Our, our, our old friend Will wrote an often quoted line in his play, Romeo and Juliet, what's in a name? That which we call a rose by any other name would smell as sweet. So fair Juliet uttered that famous line, lamenting the fact that Romeo's last name, Montague, would keep the lovers from loving each other. But what she was actually implying in that quote is that names don't really matter, that they're meaningless and irrelevant. Well, I have to 1,000% disagree with Juliet on this one. Sorry, Juliet, all right? The truth is, gang, names matter. Names matter. Names do matter. Let's talk about that for a second. Hey, parents, remember the gut-wrenching struggle of naming your children? Anybody have a struggle there? You know? you know, People stress and have a lot of pressure on naming their kids, right? I remember with all of our kids... When they were born, Megan had this book. It's like this thick. It was like this thick. And it had hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of names. I'm not kidding you. And I think she read every single name in that book. 
And she compiled this long list of names, you know, and then as, as time goes by, she's asking family and she's asking, no, check, check, nope, nope, this one, nope, nope. And finally she came down to like a, a few, okay? And then as my, my older daughters, Tatum, uh, our, our, our daughters Tatum and Kyler, as they were older and, and we were about to have Tegan, she was about to be born, they compiled list of their own, you know? And so we had these competing lists going on of what we're going to name Tegan before she was born and even had a name. But we do that kind of thing, right? I mean, it's kind of a struggle coming up for a name with a child. Usually, you know, some people will say, nope, we can't name him or her that because I know too many people with that name. So cross that one off. Whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, I dated someone with that name back in the day. We, we, we got to cross that name off because I just don't want a child. You know, that's going to be really weird. We're really weird. Or, you know, we, we, we're afraid we're going to hurt our relatives' feelings if we don't keep, you know, legacy names going down or, keep, you know, if we don't keep that going down in our, our family lineage, right? We think, well, mom or dad or grandma or grandpa be upset if, if we don't name her Thelma or Frankie or, or Margie. <laughs> Those are, you know, my grandma and Megan's grandma's names. And I love our grandparents just saying, though, that's not what we wanted to name our girls, okay? And we also say things like, you know, that, that name no way, my kids are going to get made fun of by the other kids. Or that name, it's going to be too hard to spell. That name, when they get older, they're going to think we, are in, we were insane for naming that, right? That name is just like everyone else's name. It seems like the goal today, right, is to come up with names that are the most different, the most unique, with the most craziest spellings ever. How many of you agree, huh? I mean, it's crazy anymore. What's your name? Alexander, A-L-E-X-Z-A-N-D-R-E. What's your name? Sydney, C-Y-D-N-E-E. Those are real spellings. I found them on a website. Just Google how to you know, spell common names differently and all kinds of websites will populate, okay? So don't tell me that names don't matter because they do. Names have meaning and purpose behind them. And even if it's not necessarily the, what the name actually means, there's a purpose why we name our children the reason we do. Johnny Cash back in the day wrote a song titled A Boy Named Sue. <laughs> and in that song, the, the father who was absent in the kid's life named him Sue so that the kid would learn to defend himself. All right, it's a pretty tough way to go, right? But names are very important because names are self-identifiers or they're self-revelation. Names are self-identifiers, self-revelation, I mean, when you walk up to someone that you don't know, okay, and you're meeting them for the first time or in a business setting or, or at the bank or somewhere, I don't know, you know, what's the first question that she usually asks? Hello, hey, why do, hello, why do you style your hair that way? Is that the first question? No. Hello, well, why do you wear that hideous outfit? No, you know. Hello, are you a Cowboys fan? <laughs> Hello, are you an Android or Apple user? You know, we don't ask. No, the first question we typically ask somebody is what? Hello, what's your name? What's your name? Wow, this side got it. There wasn't a sound over here. I'm worried. Okay. Yeah, we say, what's your name, right? And, and then people, depending on the context and the situation and where you are and what's going on, people will respond with different names that will be used in the way that they want to be known or thought of. Because we have formal names, 
We have names that we use while we're hanging with friends. We have names for church times. We have names for the government. We have nicknames, all kinds of stuff like that, right? I mean, to the government, I am Gregory Allen Isaacs. That's my full name. But if you go up to the east side of Indianapolis, you know, and, and or everywhere, okay, that's where I was born, east side of Indianapolis, Greenfield, Indiana. Indianapolis is a really big city, okay? Um, and everywhere but there, I'm known as Greg. Greg, Greg. But when I cross that state line and go back home, everybody there knows me as Gregory, and they use Gregory. No one would even dare think of calling me Greg because that's my dad's name. And man, when me and Megan were dating, that really messed her up because she would hear somebody say Greg, and she's talking to me, but they were actually talking to my dad. And if they say Gregory, she didn't even know I didn't even go by that by then. So she's like, who's Gregory? Okay. Um, And speaking of kids' names, I believe Gregory is going to, I'm going to speak prophetically here, Gregory is going to make a big comeback soon. (laughs) I'm just saying, okay? All right? It's a good name, all right? (laughs) Um, Why are you guys laughing? Dude, that really hurts my feelings. I know. Truth is, Megan has told me many times that I should change my name to like Gray. That's more trendy, Gray. I'm like, what? Anyway, all right, that's okay. Listen, I've also, you know, not only Gregory Allen Isaacs, Gregory or Greg, but I saw, I've also gone by, and this is no joke, G Money, too legit, Pastor, Pastor Greg, Pastor Isaacs, PG, Sir Isaacs, Captain, okay? Gone by Captain. I'm Uncle Greg. I'm Greg, the world class athlete. Um, but the, you guys are laughing again. See, you guys don't understand. But the best one of all is Meg's husband and dad. You know what I'm saying, right? You see what I did right there? You guys like that, don't you? Okay. You know, I've given all my girls nicknames. You know, my oldest, Tater, Biggs, and then Kyler is Bean, and Tegan's Bug, and Kalea's Bam, all right? I'm sure you guys have had nicknames for your kids, for your little skookums, your, your, your life, you know, your, your spouse. You got little, you know, cute little names for them, right? Okay. See, our names, gang, are self-identifiers, and they are descriptors of who we are in the context of the use of that name or that nickname. If someone calls you by the nickname of Slim or Chubby, well, you're probably most likely a toothpick or a round ball, or a toothpick or a round ball, right? If someone calls you nickname of Hothead or Smarty or Homegirl or Home Slice or Coach or Tiny or Sport or Nugget or Rambo or Speedy, on and on and on and on and on, you get the descriptive meanings and identifiers of those names. And that's just the truth of where, you know, where we are. You know, there's names that are, are all kinds of stuff like that, okay? Names also give us the identity of people, places, and things. People, places, and things. That should be on the next line in your creek notes. Back in the times of the Bible, what a name meant really mattered in that person's lives. And in many civilization, uh, civilizations of the earth, a person's name was given based on what was happening around them or who they were to be. It was kind of a a future thrust upon them, or it was used to describe them, okay? And in America, it doesn't really seem to really matter too much about the context meaning of the name, just people want to find trendy and cool you know, names for their kids, you know? And Gregory means the watchful one. I like to think that's what I do, right? Okay? But names can give identity to people. 
identity. That's why you'll see some artists and actors, they'll call themselves like weird names, like, you know, The Weeknd or The Cable Guy, those guys. You know, professional wrestlers do this all the time. The Macho Man, Stone Cold, The Undertaker, The Rock, Nacho Libra, you know, okay? My, uh, yeah, had to, you know. When, 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 I, when, when I say the name Bill Gates, what do you think of? You think of money? Steve Jobs, you think of iPhone and, and text? Uh, technological stuff? Elvis, the Beatles, you think of music? Billy Graham, you think of preaching and winning souls for the kingdom? If I said the name Inigo Montoya, if you know, you know, right? Okay, that's what I mean. It's an identifier there, all right? Yeah. Some people have, matter of fact, some people have achieved so much identity that even by just referring to just one of their names, first or last name, you know about them. Einstein, Jordan, Lincoln, from my friends who are Cowboys fans, I'm going to throw you a bone here, right? Aikman, Landry, okay, you guys, you guys get that, okay? Um, and some people down here on this earth seem to get some pretty big names down here and their names are well-respected and they carry a lot of weight, but guys, God's name is much bigger and deserves our utmost respect. You see, we name our kids, and we, were, we were named by our parents. You know, our names were given to us, but listen, God's name is known only because God has chosen to reveal himself and to make his name known. And that's very important to realize this morning. God's name is known only because God has chosen to reveal himself and make his name known. In the Hebrew mind of the Jewish people in the Old Testament, God was both hidden and revealed. In the Old Testament, we find that God was mysterious and, and very high and, and very unapproachable by man. That's why he sent Jesus Christ on the earth to die for our sins so that then we could approach a holy God because of the righteousness of Jesus Christ. But in the Old Testament, God bridged this gap before Jesus came and died. He bridged this gap by revealing his name to his people, and then they would know who God was. And there are numerous revealed names of God and, and, and countless descriptions of him in the word of God. And these names, they give an identity to God. They identify God. They identify who he is. So in this series, we want to study some of them and learn from them and, and find out what they mean, why they matter for our lives, for our spiritual lives, and how knowing God's name can help us every day as believers and disciples of Jesus Christ. So with that in mind, there's four objectives that I want us to accomplish with this series, four reasons for this series. Number one, we're going to exalt the name of the Lord. Praise God. That's number one. We are going to exalt the name of the Lord. Psalm 8 verse 1, the psalmist writes, O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. Praise God. Man, we exalt a lot of people today, don't we? 
We talk about them. We praise them. We spend outrageous amounts of our hard-earned money, hard-earned money to go see them play a sport or to go sing a song or play an instrument or listen to them, watch them act on stage, maybe make us laugh. We spend a lot of money, a lot of time for them to entertain us. We'll exalt people all over the place all the time, but they are just all weak sauce. (laughs) And they are totally pathetic when it really comes down to it. They're fallen people just like everyone else. God's name is the only one that is to be exalted. You hear me? God's name is the only one that is to be exalted. And we need to be reminded, reminded of the greatness of God's name. Because his name is great. It's awesome. And I fear instead of exalting his name, too many people just take it for granted. They take it for granted. In our text of Psalm 34, verses 1 through 3, the verses before we read our text, they're filled with the Old Testament character. David's praises to God. He's praising the Lord. And he proclaims in verse 1 that that he's going to bless the Lord and and God's praise will continually be from his mouth and his lips. And then in in our text of verse 4, David is inviting and calling the people to join him in praising and exalting and magnifying the Lord. David's saying, hey, I don't want to just praise the Lord by myself. No, let's all praise him. Let's all magnify him. Let's all exalt him together. Let's make his name bigger. That's what David's saying. That's what exalted means, is to, to make it bigger. Listen, God's name is important. His name's important, gang. In Genesis chapter 32 God appeared to the Israel, Israelite, the patriarch, Jacob. He was about to meet his brother Esau, whom he had deceived and tricked you know, many, many years earlier. And he was very frightened and very nervous to meet his brother Esau. God appeared to Jacob and, and started wrestling with him. And God's name is so important that when God was wrestling with Jacob, Jacob was like, I'm not going to let you go until you tell me your name. Jacob wanted to know his name. Listen, we need to want to know God's name. And so what we're going to do, number one in this series, exalt and magnify the name of the Lord. Magnify. What, what, what does that mean? It's like you know, putting a magnifying glass to somebody. And it, what's a magnifying glass to it? It, it makes it bigger, right? It's like me with my silly glasses or if I don't have them and I'm at a restaurant, I have to pull out the phone and turn on the camera and turn the light on and magnify it that way. Anybody else do that? <laughs> Listen, we're gonna make a big deal about God. We're gonna make a big deal about God and his name here at Oso Creek. And exalt means to lift up and raise up. So we're going to pump up the name of the Lord. We're gonna pump, 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 pump it up, right? The name of the Lord. We're going to exalt and magnify his name. Number two in this series, we're going to hallow his name. We're going to hallow his name. Many of you, you hear that term and you'll, you'll, you'll think of Matthew 6, 9 right away when, when the disciples asked Jesus to teach them how to pray. Jesus says, pray then like this. 
Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. That's the way Jesus taught that we should hallow God's name. Listen to these verses in Psalm. Psalm 29.2, ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. Psalm 111.9 says, he sent redemption to his people. He has commanded his covenant forever. Holy and awesome is his name. Holy and awesome is his name. Did you hear that? Holy and awesome is his name. Nudge somebody that's sleeping next to you and say, holy and awesome is his name. Praise God. You see, the last word in verse nine of chapter 111 of Psalms, that's what it's all about. Hallow means to make holy. That's what the word hallow means, to make holy. So gang, we are going to ascribe holiness to God and his name. We're going to ascribe holiness to him because his name is sacred. His name is sacred. It's holy, which means his name is set apart. That's what holiness means. And his divine name reveals his power. It reveals his authority. And his divine name reveals his absolute holiness. That's why, again, the Jewish people had such a magnificent respect for God's name. There were the Ten Commandments, some of them prohibited a violation of God's name. The prophets in the Old Testament spoke with authority when they would utter God's name. Oaths that were taken in God's name were totally binding, and the various battles that were fought in the name of the Lord were totally victorious. There were a lot of nations, that pagan nations, that literally feared the Israelites, not because of their military power nor their might. They feared them because of the name of the Lord. And they would fight in the name of the Lord. And listen right here, if you're fighting a spiritual battle, something's going on, there's some spiritual warfare taking place in your life, fight in the name of the Lord. Because in the name of the Lord, there is total victory, praise the Lord. Somebody needed to hear that, okay? Somebody needs to hear that right now. Fight in the name of the Lord, praise God. God's name was so sacred and so holy to the Jewish people, they would not even utter his name with their own lips. They wouldn't even spell it all the way out. And I believe it's still that way today. Listen, hallowing God's name, it's respecting the name of God. Hallowing his name is respecting the name of God. Guys, God's name is much more than just a mere word that people will use expressively in a variety of life circumstances. You know, you know, what, you know what I mean by that, right? <laughs> and it's one thing I, I'm not, I, I don't really like, okay? But there should be respect there with God's name. There should be an awe, a reverence. There should be a worship. God's name is different than any name that has ever been on this earth. His name is greater than any other name. Philippians 2.9 says that Jesus' name is above every other name. And what's going to be cool is we're going to talk about uh, God's revealed names in the Old Testament. It's going to lead us right to Christmas to where we get to talk about, guess who? Jesus' name. Yes, I love it, okay? God's name is set apart. God's name is holy. And we are called by his name. We are called by his name. 
Guys, there's only one thing that's going to last, and it's eternal, and it's, it's, it's glorious, and, and God's name is full of majesty. I can't, I can't even describe his name enough. So as we discuss the different names of God, I, I pray that we all will gain a better respect for God, for his name, because it's unique, it's beautiful, and it's not to be taken in vain, and it's not to be used carelessly or casually. Do you really hear that? Here's an illustration that proves this point. Much like when I grew up, okay, uh, my mom had a few sets of dishes, okay? Uh, Maybe your home is like this as well, okay? There were dishes that were in the sink. These were profane, dirty dishes that needed cleaning, right? How many have dishes in the sink? Dirty and profane, a little stinky, okay? Then there were dishes in the cabinets. These were your, your common dishes. These were the ones that were used all the time, you know, for lunch, breakfast, dinner, what have you, okay? But then, growing up in my household, but then, oh, all right, my mom had this beautiful display cabinet that housed a beautiful set of dishes, They were sacred. No one even dared to touch them, okay? Anybody else been like that? You know what I'm talking about? These dishes were hallowed and only used on that very rare special occasion when somebody might be traveling through. Matter of fact, I don't ever even remember us ever even using those dishes, okay? But I do remember one time, me and a buddy, or I think it was my brother, we were playing basketball in the house, and the ball bounced, and guess where it went? Oh! Uh, young Gregory was in a lot of trouble that day, all right? But listen, that, that illustration illustrates three ways people use God's name, just like these dishes. Some people will use his name profanely, in a dirty way, not good at all. And some people will use it very casually, very normally, no big deal, just kind of like, hey, God, you know. And then there's God's name that's, that's hallowed. And holy. I hear the first usage a lot. Almost every time you watch any show or listen to people anywhere, okay? And, 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 and we roll with the second usage, casually, comfortable. But have we forgotten to really and truly hallow his name? Have we forgotten the majesty of God's name? Have we forgotten the awesomeness of his name? What what does his name imply? How majestic it is? Listen, let's not take God's name for granted or in vain. Praise the Lord, right? The third purpose as I'm rolling down, the third purpose of this series, is I want us to know and understand him better. I want us to know and understand him better. As I mentioned earlier, there are actually numerous revealed names of God in the Bible and I heard one trustful minister say that the Bible gives us like a hundred plus names that identify God's name to us. Like a hundred reveal, a hundred plus reveal names or so. And you may be thinking, well, why does God have so many names? Greg, I grew up and I just, just, I read the Bible and it says God. It just says God. It just says the Lord, the Lord. You know, what are you talking about? Why would he have so many names? Does, does this mean that there's more than one God? <laughs> and this is where we get polytheism and monotheism. 
That's where this is brought up, okay? Polytheism, poly equals many. That's the worship of multiple gods. Mono equals one. Many of you know that. Monotheism is the worship of one God. So these various names of God, they they don't represent many little gods or many gods all over the place. No, it's one God with many names that reveal different aspects of who he is, his character, and his attributes. Many names that reveal to us who God really is. And this is so important. His names are the revelation of who he is, the truth of his nature, the truth of his essence, the truth of his character, the truth of his attributes. And each week as we talk about the different names of God, you're going to see a different aspect of God's character, a different aspect of his nature, a different aspect of his attributes and and how we can apply those to our lives. And again, this shouldn't be new to us, right? Because we're like that. We are like one person with many different names and nicknames that are used for different contexts and identifiers, right? Nicknames and different describers and identifiers that give better insight to people about who we are in totality. And God's name is not just a title. These names give us clues to his nature, clues about who he is. And God wants us to know him in the totality of who he is. Every aspect of him, he wants to be known. That's why he gave us his word and he reveals himself in the word over and over and over and over and over. See, God has introduced himself to mankind and he wants us to really know him. He wants us to really know him. I mean, knowing about someone is a big part of loving them, right? How can you truly love someone if you don't really know them? How how many times throughout history has this scenario played out where, you know, a high school student comes to their parents and says, but I really, really love her. (laughs) Or she's like, dad, mom, I love him so much. And the parents, what do they say? How can you love him? Or how can you love her when you don't even know him or her, right? Yeah. You can't say you really love someone unless you really know them. That's why marriage, the longer you're married, that love is deeper and grows deeper and wider and just beautiful because you really, really, really know your spouse, all right? <laughs> You know, remember when I brought up the patriarch Jacob wrestling with God? Man, he wanted, I, I love that. I was reading that this week, and it's very timely. And, and it, 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 it's, it's so awesome to me that he, he wanted to know his name. They, him and, and, and the Lord, is a, you know, a pre-incarnation of Jesus, they're wrestling. It's called a Christophany in the Old Testament. They're wrestling, and the scripture shows that, you know, Jesus, God, he, he wasn't, getting away from Jacob. And he's like, let me go. You know, he's like, and Jacob's like, no, I will not let you go until you tell me your name. 
Man, oh, that we would have that same attitude in prayer. God, I really want to know you. God, I really want to know your name. I want to know who you are. I want to know more about you, Lord. I want to know more about your nature and your character. I want to know more about your attributes. I want to know about your essence so that, so that I could walk with you and know you and love you and grow into a deeper revelation of you, Lord. Because when we truly know God and his nature and his essence and his character is revealed to us in his name, we can love him on a deeper level because we really know him. And when we know God more intimately and detailed in his word, through his revealed names, it allows us to apply his name. And this is what I like. It allows us to apply his name in various situations and context of our lives as we're walking with him. You ever notice, like, especially in the Old Testament, sometimes the word Lord just has one capital L and sometimes it's all letters are capitalized? We're going to talk about that, okay? And what that means for you. Knowing these names and their applications or characteristics of who God is, listen, it will help you as you read God's word. And you, when you see them, knowing God's name and, and his revealed names about his character and nature, I promise you, it will help you in your prayer life. It will help you in your worship to the Lord. Because you'll understand now the context of the Lord my healer or the Lord my righteousness or the Lord my banner, or the God who sees me, or creator Lord, or the Lord God, or the almighty one, or the I am Elohim. You'll know what these terms mean and you can apply them to your lives. You're gonna see that as we progress in this series. For instance, Psalm 20, verses seven through eight, the psalmist writes, some trust in chariots, some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. Well, the Lord there, that's the word Jehovah. That's the self-existent, eternal one. So David's like saying, dude, I am trusting, you know, all these other kings are going to fall, they're going to fail. They trust in their military might, their horse. I'm trusting in the eternal one who doesn't fail. Has a lot of context there, right? Woo, amen. Jake, if you want to come up and get the band. Cool. The final purpose of this series is to bring it home to us Number four is to build a more close, intimate relationship with him. That's what it's all about, gang. That's, that's what it's all about. Because our God is a personal God. And, and it's relationship over religion, right? That's the beauty of, of, of who God is. He wants a relationship more than religion. He wants it personal. He wants to walk with us. He doesn't want us just to have, he could have had us go through all these checks and traditions and all this. That they, they, they had to do that in the Old Testament before the time of grace. But since Jesus came and was our substitution and paid the penalty for all of our transgressions and all of our sins, now, man, it's all about relationship. And he walks with us and he's with us and he wants us to know him. You see, his name reveals the relationship that he has with his people. And it's a beautiful relationship. It's a beautiful relationship. So as we progress in this series, I pray that our relationship with the Lord is deepened because we, we understand him more and we know him more. So what does this all mean today? 
How can we apply this aspect of the introduction message to our lives? Look, all this shows that God cares. He really cares. He cares deeply for you. No matter who you are, no matter where you are, no matter how you're living, it doesn't matter the state of your heart, He cares. He cares. He cares enough to send you His word And in this word, he's chosen to reveal to you and to me who he is personally. And the beautiful part is this, as I've said, we can know him. We can know him. More more than just G-O-D, a word on a page. More than just type letters, L-O-R-D. We, we, we can know his character. We can know his attributes. We can know his nature. We can know his love. Acts 20 and verse 17 in the New Testament says that God is not far from each one of us. Hallelujah. God could have stayed at a distance. He could have said, you know what? You transgressed against me. I'm holy and you're not. God could have said, I'm I'm the very essence of right and righteousness and you stink. (laughs) But instead he's close. Instead he's not far from us. Instead he reaches out to us in the person of Jesus Christ. What Jesus did on the cross and all we have to do is just call on him today. You see, he's reaching out to you right now. And if you're watching online, he's reaching out to you as well. He's calling out to all of us. He's revealed himself in so many names of description and identity so that we could have that close, personal, intimate relationship with him. Is that where you are? Is it intimate? Is it personal or is God just up here on the shelf or he's something you do on Sunday? You take him a little bit, but then you leave him. You know, when when things are going good in your life, it's like, ah, God, I'll just, you know, if you just chill over there, God, I'll call you when I need you, you know? And then when life gets rough and choppy and everything, it's like, oh, Lord, I need you now. We're all that. We've all done that. And praise God. He doesn't stand there going, no, (laughs) see, you you did this, no. No, he's like, he comes into our space and he invades our life, praise God. As I pray as we unpack his name, man, he does something in us. You see, he's here right here, right now. Right now, he's here and he cares so much. God, I just come before you and I just pray. You, You know, every heart that's here this morning, Lord, You know, every life that's here this morning. And God, I just pray that you would move inside of us, in our hearts, the real us, Lord. God, we put a lot of masks on for a lot of people. We smile, you know, we we play the game. And sometimes we don't let anybody really inside. But Lord, you know us. You know us personally. You know us intimately. Even, Lord, if we're, if we're still pushing you away or rejecting you or we don't, we're not really calling, you still know us. And the beautiful part is you still love us. 
You still care for us. You're right there with us waiting for us to just turn to you and say, Lord God, Jesus. And so I pray that your hope would move in our hearts. And if there's anybody here, Lord, that's not, that's not made you their Lord and Savior, Jesus, I pray that they would grasp onto your name. They would call upon you. They would surrender their lives to you and say, Lord, I, I want to live for you. I'm tired of doing it my own way. I'm tired of trying to figure this out on my own. I'm tired of not having satisfaction. I'm tired of, just tired of life in general and just the routine and all that. I, I want you, Jesus. Paul writes that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Call on him today. Follow him today. Decide in your heart you're going to live for him. You're going to pick up the cross and follow him. Make him your Savior and your Lord and begin to live for him according to his word, not according to your way. You don't have to say a special prayer with me. You don't have to do certain religious things. The, Paul says, the, just confess with your mouth that Jesus is your Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and you'll be saved. Then live for the Lord in a relationship. Talk to him. Get in his word. And God, I pray right now that you would prepare our hearts to do something amazing as we unpack your names over the next couple of weeks. Reveal yourself to us, Lord, in an awesome and new way, I pray. And God, we're gonna give you glory. We're gonna hallow your name. We're gonna magnify you. And we're gonna exalt your name, Lord. Hallelujah. Touch us today. Hey, what, what, are, what, what do you need this morning? You here this morning, you online, what, what do you need this morning? Whatever you need can be found in the Lord our God. It can be found in the all-sufficiency of Jesus Christ. You need peace, you need love, you need strength, you need help, you need wisdom, you need mercy, you need forgiveness, you need his love. It's all in our Lord. Run to him today. I pray. Hallelujah. We're going to sing this last song as we close out this service this morning. And I don't want to be over here. And if you need prayer, come find me. If you want me to pray with you, to give your heart to the Lord, you know, and pray with you about that and talk about that, man, come, please come see me today. Don't leave this building without knowing that Christ is your Savior. You've, you've made the decision to follow Him. And let's get hearts of expectancy that God's going to do something in us over the next few weeks. Amen.